You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah uh, 39 there. Or actually, Isaiah 40, excuse me, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Well, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to just, uh, um, you know, just share some things this morning. I just really believe that we need to stir up our hearts. Sometimes we can get weary in well-doing. How many of you know that? Sometimes you can just get tired of just getting going and going. It's kind of grinding and doing. Just like we talked about this upcoming weekend, I already got tired. You know, because we're going to set up 120, you know, five chairs and we're going to set up the tables and set up the tents and we're going to do everything. And, uh, you know, plus for them, we're going to tear them all down. And, uh, uh, but, you know, and it, but it's going to be fun because uh, we want to touch lives. We want people to be just enjoy. And it's, it's, you know, it's something that we want to do. And really, I believe it's going to be a tremendous blessing for us. But, you know, you can just get tired when you begin to keep your eyes on what needs to be done or what's going on around you and how do you know that our strength you know we can have drains or spiritual drains that can take place and yet God told us to exchange our strength for his strength how do you know that's easier said than done sometimes exchanging his strength for our strength here in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 it says but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Amen? You know, understanding, he said, listen, if we, we're going to, you know, he's going to renew our strength. That word renew means he's going to exchange our strength for his strength. Now I want you to go with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. To the New Testament here. Second, I'm going to share several scriptures here, but then we're going to talk about what does it mean to exchange our strength for his or exchanging our strength. Sometimes we have to learn how to go in the strength of the Lord. The psalmist, uh, David said this, he said, I go in the strength of my God for the, for, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Allowing ourselves not to get so caught up in ourselves. You know, one, one thing that we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to, to look around to find somebody else who's either stronger or weaker than us and compare ourselves to see where we're at. We always need to take hold of the word of God. You remember what I, what I shared with you concerning that uh, we think that what we're going through is, is just, man, nobody else has ever gone through this. Well, you need to understand it. it there's been, through church, throughout church history, there's been attacks against the church. And in the beginning of church history, in the beginning of things, wow, you know, the first 250 years of the church was horrible, the attacks that were upon the church. In fact, the year 250, uh, uh, there was a, an emperor you know, of Rome there who was, uh, you know, Caesar Decarius, I think is what it's called in the Decarian age or the Decarian age. Anyways, he said, hey, you all got to call me Lord, so everybody's got to honor me, and if you don't honor me, you're going to go to prison, you're going to get killed, or you're going to have all kinds of problems. And so in the church, you know, they're not going to do that. Literally, he said, you got to say Caesar is Lord, or you get in trouble. You know, that's basically close to the, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, that's close to, you know, all the things it talks about in Revelation that we're not supposed to do, amen, which happened in the year 250, okay? Three quarters of the church failed. 
Isn't that a wonderful selection? Doesn't that make you feel good? <sighs> no. But we look at things and we have a tendency to think because we only get to hear. How many of you know books are only written about those that succeed? <laughs> Amen? Did you know that 75% of every leader in the Bible did not finish their course? Wow. And I mean, not good. But Jesus said that. Jesus said that in the parable of the sower. He said in the parable of the sower, you need to understand that in that, he said there's, there's, there's four kinds of ground. Amen? And then he said, you know, you've got to determine whether you're good ground or not. It's up to you. Amen? You've got to determine that. You know, you've got to determine what, what, what comes in. So Jesus said this, there's going to be, everybody's going to hear the word. Only 25% that hear the word are going to do the word. And then out of that 25%, only 30, some are only going to get 30% of that. Some are going to only get 60%. And then there's going to be a very few that get 100. And you determine it where you're at in all of that. Pastor, you're putting a lot of pressure on me right now. No, let me just share with you here. Because let me share with you too also in in, in understanding how we exchange his strength and how it affects us and and what is the difference in it. Amen? And how we have to understand some things. See, we need to understand the love of God. When you understand the love of God, it changes everything. If you know Jesus loves you, Glory to God. You don't care what anybody else says or thinks about you. You don't care about anything. You think, glory to God, God loves me. The right person loves me and I love God, so that just settles everything. Little kids, you know, they know their mama loves them. Even though they don't do right, they don't do things. Mama yells at them, they get in trouble. But they know mama loves them. (laughs) Amen. Okay. You know, when you understand, you've got to understand. That's the first thing that you've got to grab a hold of is you've got to understand the love of God. To exchange God's strength, you know, your strength for God's strength is you need to know that he loves you so much that he placed within you his spirit. Look at here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. It says this, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's a big old you know, King James word, reconciled, reconciliation. What in the world does that mean? That means to change, that he has to change. He's exchanged us. He has brought us back to favor. He has returned us to favor with God. You go on down here where it says, look at verse 19, when he says, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses or their sins unto them. And he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation, the word of God's not mad. God's brought you back into favor with him. God wanted to exchange who you are for who he is. God wants to give you his son. God wants to give you his spirit and change your life. Amen. But we have to turn. See, we've been blaming God and God's saying, listen, I've laid it all out there. Now you remember the parable. You remember the parable about the sower and the sower sows the word. Talks about. Remember the disciple says, why don't you explain this to us? What did Jesus say? Such incredible words. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't be able to understand anything I say. You think that parable is important? 
He said, you won't be able to understand anything I say. Because if you don't understand this, this is what's going to determine, this is going to keep you so you don't get frustrated. That three out of four people that you talk to aren't going to like you. That three out of four people that you talk to aren't going to get it. How many of you know somebody, one of the questions that was asked me about when we were sharing, I got to share with the yams and it was fun about they got to ask end time questions and so we spent two hours, two and a half hours them asking questions and, and things. But one of the questions was, how is the earth, if everybody that's in heaven comes back to the earth and everybody that's here on the earth, how is the earth gonna hold it? And the, the, the wonderful thing about that question is, is that we all need to understand that there are gonna be more people in hell than there are in heaven. Wide is the gate to hell and narrow is the way to heaven. And you do know that there's more people on the earth now than there ever was ever lived on the earth ever before. A lot more. And we've still got plenty of room. But the key is, is to understand. See, that's why people think, well, you know, Christianity, it's so wonderful to come. God made it so wonderful and so easy to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's on the basis of faith. You know, people, you lead people to Jesus. They say, well, it can't be that simple. It can't be that easy. It's just me to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. And then I become born again. I become a changed person. Yes. Yes, it's that easy. Now, walking this life out ain't easy. Learning the truths of the word of God, learning the promises of God and walking in line with what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got to work at that. But salvation is easy. Amen? But let me give you some things. You know, what, you know why we don't do, why we don't understand reconciliation or why we don't understand this great exchange? One of the biggest reasons is because we don't understand the parable of the sower, that the word's going to be sown, and it's up to me how I make my ground. How do I receive? Because how many of you know there's nothing wrong with the seed? This is incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, I think verse 23, says that we were born again by an incorruptible seed of the word of God. Amen? So we've got this. We've been, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with the seed. You know, it's funny. They, they uncovered a mummy that they said was like 33,000 3, or 4,000 years old, and the guy had seeds buried with him. And they wondered. What? So they took the seeds and they planted them. They thought, I wonder if they'll work. They're 4,000 years old. And they grew up, and they grew, and they stepped up. So how can, how can they do that? Because the seed doesn't grow unless it dies. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> See, you can't grow unless you die. <laughs> See, that's the biggest problem. Let me give you three things that, that affect what you've got to exchange your strength for. Why we don't walk in the light of what we have, you know, it, it, it amazes me at times, but what happens is, is that we just can't believe that what God did is so good for us. Do you know the first thing that you have to let God's strength and exchange his strength in, or the first thing that you need to understand how to exchange your strength for his strength is you got to exchange it in your identity. Who, who, who do you see yourself as? Or who do you see yourself connected? He says right here that therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, something that never before existed. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus, amen? You got a new identity. You got a new identity in Christ. You've got a new identity, hallelujah, that you become a brand new way to see things. You have a brand new way to see yourself. You have a brand new way to think about yourself. Amen? (laughs) And now you got a brand new way to act. You should act different. 
Amen. When you get born again, things change. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, life changes. But you've got to grab a hold of the identity that God's given unto you, hallelujah, and begin to acknowledge that. See, you can read the Bible all day long, but if you never do what it says, nothing's going to happen. See, we found out how big our identity crisis was when we hit the crisis. Amen. We found how, how big our identity was, who we were going to stay connected to when we hit a crisis. When we got, when we, all of a sudden our faith was tried. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Most people forgot all of the authority that they had because they were afraid to die, number one. And number two is they really didn't know how to combat the unknown because they didn't understand how to use their faith. And I don't blame anybody except I blame the pastors and the ministers because we didn't share with you and teach you how to. And we didn't stand and tell you how to stand and how to deal with that. So that's who I blame. I don't blame anybody in the body of Christ. I blame all of us because we're the gifts to the body of Christ to educate and to edify and to build you up and to help you. Amen. So I don't blame any of you. Blame me. Yeah, because of the word of God. So that's why I'm doing it now. So we're saying, hey, listen, let's stand up. Let's do this. I don't want you to have an identity crisis. I want the word of God to be the final authority. I want you to understand how, how great the word of God is. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, quit walking in light of historical facts. Let's start walking in light of eternal realities. It is real. We are the children of God. Hallelujah. It is real that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. It is real that we are been born for this time, that God has called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. And you need to allow the promises of God to be far greater than any of the criticisms of anything else. You need to allow your relationship with God to be far more valuable, far more valuable. Amen. Far more valuable than anything you're facing. Hallelujah. You know, once we see this, glory to God, we can, we can take hold of the word of God. Now, here's something, too, because many times when you preach and you share, everybody goes, well, I'm down over here. I'm, not, I'm in this ground. I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in the rocky ground, or I'm in the stony ground, or, or I'm in the wayside place, or I'm in the, the one where the thorns and the thistles are all coming up. You know, <laughs> hallelujah. Well, we've all been in some of that ground. We've all had some of that ground. But the Bible says we need to get to the good ground, and we need to be good ground. Amen. Hallelujah. We could go into that. That's a whole nother sermon. But here's something to get this. You need to allow the forgiveness of God to override anybody reminding you of what you've done in the past or what's going on, reminding of who they thought you are, who they think you are. You need to let God's forgiveness mold you and make you. Amen. Because, you know, the, the eternal reality is this, is that we are Christians. We are full of life, and we've been forgiven to walk in line with the word of God. Amen? We're not perfect. We didn't do, we're going to mess it again, but thank God we can get forgiven again. Amen? But you've got to change how you think about yourself. You've got to start changing how you act. You've got to start thinking about yourself the way God thinks about you. You've got to speak about yourself the way God says to speak about you. And you won't do any of that until you see yourself as a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
You got to see yourself born again. Amen. Amen. That's good. Hallelujah. It's it, it, it. You know. Why do you think? Uh, you know, uh, there in Isaiah, when when he was prophesying of Isaiah sixty one, and um, he said the sixty one. He says, "For for ashes, he's given us beauty. For mourning, he's anointed us with the oil of joy." Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's easy to talk about how bad we can be, and it's either. But he goes on to say, for the spirit of heaviness, and this is the one that the, really the Lord just kind of dealt with my heart about. There's a spirit of heaviness. He gave the garment of praise. Hallelujah. Thank God. You know, we were destined to be a victims of the curse, victims of the loss, but thank God Jesus Christ redeemed us. He redeemed us. Amen. He redeemed us. Glory to God. See, not only do we understand that we have a new identity and when you'll start seeing yourself in Christ and seeing yourself a part of the body of Christ and seeing yourself who you are in Christ and what God has done that you're a child of God glory to God then it changes your whole perspective because not only being reconciled to God changes our identity but believe it or not folks it changes all of your resources See, because here's the key. Here's one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ for people about being blessed and being be, God doing greater, greater things in their life is that when you understand that God is your source and when you understand that everything changes, when you got born again, hallelujah, and you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you stop being an owner. I don't own anything. I'm a steward. I'm a steward. I'm an ambassador. God owns it all. I got it all. And he just directs me on what to do with all that is his. And I get to eat of what is his. And I get to use what is his. And I get to be blessed in the process. Because the farmer has to be first partaker of the fruits before he gives it out. You have to be first partaker of everything. The Bible says, listen, I want to get things to you because I want to get things through you. See, it changes your whole perspective. So when God says, bless this person, God says, do this, or God says, go over here and be a blessing, God says, whatever, you're a steward of your time, you're a steward of your life, you're a steward of your resources. Because you know, whoo, my God owns it all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, he owns all the gold, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything here is mine. He said, all things are yours in 1 Corinthians there. See, we got to stop being the older brother, thought mentality of trying to hold on because when the prodigal son left and then he comes back and, and the father kills the fatted calf and the older brother's still frustrated. He's like, you never did that for me. You never did that. And he's like, wait a minute. Don't you remember back when we divided everything? I gave him his half and I gave you your half. Isn't everything here yours? And you're asking me to do something that's, it's yours. You know where the cows are. You know where the closet is, where the robe is. You know where the jewelry box is, where the ring is. Come on. You got some friends. You could have done. It's all yours. I can't help it that you didn't want to use it. See, because if we're owners, we got to protect it. Got to protect it. Because I, I, I own it, so it's, it's mine. It's mine. I, got, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to do this. But when you know there's plenty more where that came from, that it's never going to run out, 
and you're just a steward, and you're just a channel, Woo! and you got, I mean, you got, you, you, you're just a hub where trucks come in, and you're in them big ugly doors in the back where you get them big old semis that come in, throw out all that stuff, you get where all the big stuff come in. You're not walking out the front door with a little pretty bag. You get the thing what I got mine. You're in the back back, you're going, glory to God, I can just get anything I want. You unloading the truck. <laughs> uh, you guys, your brains are working real hard right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> That's one of the greatest revelations you'll ever get to be blessed by God is to understand you stop being an owner and you start being a steward and you realize how great God is. That everything you have belongs to him. Your life is no longer yours, but it's God's. Amen. Hallelujah. You remember, I, I love these two stories. I share them a lot because it helps me. Because, you know, you remember in John, over there when uh, Jesus fed the 5,000, I think it's John chapter 6, in the beginning of the verses there, he says to Philip, he says, hey, we need to go. There's people are hungry. We need to go and uh, get them all something to eat. And what does Philip say? 200 penny worth, the King James says, that means a whole year's wages would not be enough to feed everybody that's here. There's way too many people that are here. And Jesus said, well, what do we got? He said, well, we got a couple of fishes and we got five loaves of bread. And then what's Philip say? But what is this among so many? Almost the whole body of Christ even said, what, what, man, who am I among so many? What, what is my voice among so many? What is my little bit? What is my little thing giving, you know, in the offering? Or what is my little, what, I mean, if I show up, who's going to care if I show up? What am I among so many? What does it mean? I mean, what, are, you know, I mean, who am I? Do you know who you are? See, the problem is you forgot about your identity. You forgot about your supply in the spirit. You forgot about what you do. You forgot about the voice of one crying in the wilderness. You forgot about that God's searching for a man. God's searching for one. That when you show up, the presence of God shows up. The spirit of God shows up. And you bring a supply of the spirit. Glory to God. And when we all come, it creates a greater conduit for God. You forgot about, hey, I'm a steward. I'm an ability that somebody's going to need what I have. See, if you don't allow to understand that we're going to exchange his strength for our strength, but it changes our identity because when we get born again. But not only that, it changes our resources. Hallelujah. It changes everything about us. Amen? See, the problem is you've been thinking way too low of yourself. Amen. It's true. Most people say, well, what am I among so many? Glory to God, you're a part. And when you're apart, I mean, what? You know, that's why I love what Paul said. He, he likened everything to the body of Christ. Listen, I, you know, I had the enemy attack my, my body, you know, just recently here with my wrist. And I didn't understand what was going on. I thought, okay, you know, will you, you know, so what do you mean attack? Well, pain, not functioning. Yeah, I'm not, you know, listen, he doesn't stay away from me. <laughs> I have to do things like this. You know, and there's things that I do that I probably cause some of the things problems, but the, the, the key is, the key is, is that, you know, pain or anything comes, I just don't allow it to stay. But he comes to try to, you know, to get steal, he comes and tries to take, I said, well, wait a minute, no, 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 I need this, 
I need my hand to work. You know that? I do. I need my hand to work. How'd I do? To do what it needs to do. I need it to, to function. And I do what the Word of God says. I do what the Word of God says. Why? Because I know how to, God's my source. God changed my identity. I'm in the body of Christ. I have all of the promises of God are yes and amen. They're mine. Jesus, is, when he, he died on the cross, hallelujah, and he rose from the dead and he took his blood and he sprinkled in the heavenly holy of holies. He obtained an eternal redemption for me and he made all of the promises of God yes and amen. So everything in the word of God belongs to me because I belong to him. That's why I can say he always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. He always meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? According to what he has, not according to what I have. God doesn't meet my needs according to what I have. He meets my needs according to what he has. And when he asks for something I have, I know he's going to give me back so much more. See, because, you know, when, when Philip was saying all this stuff, you know, it's so funny. Because how, you know, how many of you know what was left over? How many baskets full did he have left over for those of you in Sunday school? Twelve. There you go. You know why he had twelve baskets full left over? Because he had twelve disciples of unbelief. <laughs> Each one of them had to follow that little boy home to take it back home. Because when you give to God, he always gives you more back to you. There's always more that comes back. There's always more. I asked the Lord one time when, when Jesus used Peter's boat and then he gave it to Peter. He said, Peter, go out and throw it. And Peter said, we've been fishing all night long. And you fish at night. That's when you catch fish. Can't fish catch fish during the day. He said, go out there and a little bit and just throw your net on the right side. He throws his net on the right side and so many fish go into the net that he has to call other one. He's about to sink the net. I said, Lord, why would you do that? Why, why would you give, I mean, why would you get to do that? I mean, I know you wanted to show some that you could have just had a full net. That would have been, I mean, just to catch fish, just to, would have been a real, he said, I don't have any rebellious fish. So when I said, fish go to that net, everyone in the sea went to that net. And I thought, you got a lot of rebellious kids. He said, yeah, I got a lot of rebellious kids, but I don't have any rebellious fish. <laughs> he was talking to me then. you can just take that wherever you want to do here <laughs> hallelujah I said Lord forgive me I repent I, I repent let me give you the third thing first thing is your identity second thing is your resources the third thing is your whole lifestyle it just changes everything about you you stop striving you stop trying to get to be the big rat the high rat okay <laughs> You know, you want to win the rat race. Listen, we don't want to be the head rat. That's not what we want to allow God to be God. Amen. <laughs> and and you, what do I mean by lifestyle? You begin to exchange your life for his life. You begin to exchange all the things, your strength for his strength. You begin to exchange, you know, and allow his love to dominate your life. See, remember I talked about the, the parable of the sower? You know, when I talked about the parable of the sower, you need to understand about ground is that you need to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Hallelujah. But you also need to understand how powerful the word of God is. But you also need to make sure you're the ground. You take care of your ground and you plant the seeds and it will grow. If you'll be good ground and you determine that, you determine that. Nobody else determines that. 
See, if you'll allow the love of God to dominate your life, remember what I said in the very beginning, we're going to wind this thing up, is that if you'll understand that Jesus loves you, if you'll be rooted and grounded in that love. Now, see, love doesn't roll over and play dead. Love speaks the word. Love speaks, or you speak the truth in love. You speak everything you do. You have a voice, you do, but you don't allow yourself to get caught up in what's going on around you. See, because let me go back to this two, you know, AD 250, okay? When everybody was being killed or everybody was doing this, some people, they willingly went and did things, you know, because they didn't want to have any kind of thing. Other people, they said, no, 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 until they were tortured, to the, their flesh gave out, then they, they ended up doing something. I mean, there wasn't, then there were others that just, hey, you can kill us if you want to. And, and the church, they withstood. But did you know after that Caesar died and after things started to go back up, everybody wanted to come back together. The church was going to come back together. How many of you know the church didn't come back together? Because those that didn't bow didn't like those who did. Ooh, it's calm in here now. Those who are doing this or those who are doing that, and I don't know, we're going to pick this side and that side. Listen, you know, some said, what happened? Well, thank God there was one person who got up and was a little bit smarter than the others. And said, here's what we're going to have to do along this line, you know, if we want the church to continue to grow and to do. And it still was fraction. I mean, how many, you know, why do we have 22,000 different denominations of churches in the world? 22,000, maybe more than that now, but that's what it was several years ago. 22,000 different sects, you know, S-E-C-T-S, you know, different groups, different, everybody believing just something a little different than the other guys. Amen? Unless you think that, uh, you know, we got all these things here, unless you think that word of faith and, and that we don't have that, we got like 20 just in the word of faith thing of different thought processes. Pentecostals, whoo, you got thousands, okay? And then everybody else. He said, well, why? What? I thought we're serving, and we all serve in the same God. We are. It's just everybody got on their own pet doctrine. Amen. And they got on this and got on that and got on these things here. So they wanted to be divided. And they wanted to come together. They, you know, try to, if we could ever get the church, literally get the church, just the born-again, spirit-filled folks that actually love God, if we could ever get us on the same page. It, how many of you ever saw, you know, it's a little kid's movie, but it's called, it's called Ants or whatever it is. You know, because I have grandkids, so I've watched that 52 times, okay? Anyways... <laughs> And, you know, the grasshoppers are always coming back every year, every year. They're getting everything. And the one grasshopper is talking to the other guy. So, listen, if they would ever find out that there's millions more of them than there is of us, they would be in trouble. Well, that's what they... And it took one ant. It took one ant to say, this ain't right. This ain't right. There's, and then it, all of a sudden it became more of them. And they realized, hey, we can take them. Amen. But we rise up spiritually. We rise up supernaturally. We can change the life of everybody around us. Amen. We can allow God to be God. Hallelujah. Because here it is. We need to never underestimate the power of believing God and declaring his word or what he says. 
And see, we're a, we're a voice, but we're the voice and we're a mighty voice and we're the power. And there is a power in the voice of one, but there is a more power in the voice of many that we can get it and realize what God is doing. Amen? It just changes your whole outlook on life. It changes everything because I'm not looking to get my joy or my peace from the world. I'm getting my joy and peace from the word of God and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, I learned to live every day that all things are possible. Because they are. They are possible. And God has not said, man, guys, I just ran out of miracles. <sighs> I mean, I, 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 I thought we could have enough to the end, but <sighs> you get leftovers now. No, praise God, we get dessert. Hallelujah. We are the body of Christ that's going to get to bring back the king. We are the church that get to bring back the Lord Jesus. Because I believe that with all of my heart. Some say, well, what happens if you get old and you die? I'm going to believe that and, and rejoice and then get into heaven believing that and allowing God to be God. You know, I got no problem. That doesn't bother me. It's not going to mess me up about anything, you know, concerning anything that goes on. People because you know, they say, well, you, you said this time, or you said, I said, yeah, but who? If it doesn't happen, praise God, ain't going to bother me. I'm going to lose any sleep over it, that's for sure. Amen? Because you need to understand, too. Let's close this. I keep saying that. I've said that four times now as we counted, just so those of you that didn't know how many times I said it. All right. Is that Listen, we serve a God of possibilities. We serve a God that's greater and more than enough. We are not going to roll over. We are not going to stop. We are going to be the church. We're going to continue to declare. And we're going to let what happened to us in our new birth, in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and what we did in becoming new creatures in Christ, it changes our identity. It changes our resources. And glory to God, it changes our lifestyle so that we are a light to touch lives. We are a light to say, hey, no, Satan, you can come so far, but you can't. You can't. You can't defeat us. You can't do this because God's on our side. We've got to rise up and know that every test, every trial is an enemy trying to steal your shield of faith. He's trying to steal your joy. He's trying to steal your peace. He's trying to steal uh, so that you don't function the way you're supposed to function. And you are the only hope because God called us to preach the gospel. That's another thing I'm going to ask him when he gets up there. How come you left it up to us? That's terrible. <laughs> but anyways, he said, well, it took long enough. I said, I know. That's probably why. I wanted to get more in. So, but uh, also here, you need to realize that you guys are all champions. You guys are all the champion. The devil is the challenger. He's the one trying to... You, you know, it's not you trying to get something from him. You, God gave everything to us. Don't let the devil steal what you have. So how do, we, how do we do that? How do we strengthen ourselves with strength? How do, well, in what I shared this way, you begin to acknowledge glory to God. I have his identity. Whew. I have his identity. I am in Christ. That's right. Because I'm in Christ, this is what belongs to me. Glory to God. And I have his resources. I'm not bound to what I, what I see and looking around. I get what he has. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then I know that my lifestyle changes. And the reason that it changes my lifestyle is because, and, and when I say that, what it does, it changes who you are in the sense of what you're doing and how you're reaching out and touching and what you and letting in the love of God. And you believe that all things are possible to him who believes. Amen? Amen. All things are possible. Hallelujah. God told us that. You know, you remember there in, 
Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, and we're closing with that. I'm putting my notes away. (laughs) Is that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, if he said he blessed you with all spiritual blessings, guess what? He didn't leave anything out. God has given us enough and God's given us of his spirit that if we'll take hold of it, it will change the circumstances that are around us. Listen, we are the church and we are a mighty moving force and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Lord, I've just shared from my heart. These folks are precious and valuable and amazing. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you have called us. Father, you've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. You've called us to be lights. You've called us to declare. You've called us to exchange our strength for your strength. Father, Isaiah said to wait upon the Lord. That waiting is like a waiter or a waitress that we're saying, say, Lord, may I take your order? May I take what you want? What would you like for me to do today? I'm waiting on you to order my steps. I'm waiting on you to direct me and to share me. What is it that I need to say in this situation? What do I need to say in that situation? Father, what do I need to do for this or for that? Lord, your hand, your plan, and your purpose. Father, I believe with all of my heart that every person here that their steps are ordered of the Lord. That you are going to, as they go out from here in this whole week, as they go places, as they do things, Father, they're going to have divine appointments. They're going to have people come across their paths that they can minister life to, that they can pray for, that they can encourage, that they can bless, they can help. Father, thank you for that. Father, you've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this, and it changes us. So, Father, let us be the light that you want us to be. Lord, we honor you for that. We love you for it now. And, Father, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that doesn't know you, they, they may have been coming, they may uh, know about you, but they have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. So, Father, they don't truly know you. They know about you. They know of you, but they really, truly don't know you because they need to experience your love. And if you are here and you say, Pastor Mark, I I need to know Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Savior. I need to come back to God. I need to to just renew that life-giving spirit on the inside of me. Hallelujah. And he's here to touch your life. He's here if you're watching too. Glory to God. He loves you. But you've got to open your mouth and you've got to begin to exchange your life for his. That's how you do that with Romans 10, 9, and 10. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved. So if you're here, though, and you want me to pray with you, you want us to pray together, raise your hand real high. Let's pray. Let's do that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, I'm preaching to the church. So if I'm preaching to the church, which is what I believe is what you've called me to do, and that's what we're doing at Harvest Bible, we're strengthening the believers, letting them rise up and finish their course letting them go to heaven hallelujah they're not going to fall by the wayside they're going to finish their course because father you've called them into the kingdom so lord i pray for them i ask for your blessings to fall even in a greater degree i know you've blessed us with all blessings 
but let them realize that. Let them taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, strengthen them with all might in their inner man. Strengthen them. Let them be rooted and grounded in love so that they can comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the width, the length, and the height, and the depth of the love of Christ. Hallelujah. And Father, do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that they could even ask or think according to the power that works within them. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father God, that you're giving unto each one of them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That the eyes of every one of them, is, their understanding is being enlightened so that they might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of your glory and the inheritance of the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. Father, you're doing that for Harvest Bible Church and doing that for these folks here now. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone that agreed said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.